radio quiz show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today IndoAmericanNews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. This is Indo-American News Radio, and now we're on to our interview segment. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the previous segment, which was uh, which the unplugged session with my my mother, Shukantala Malhotra, also affectionately known as Mama. She was very brave in coming in. I don't know how many 96-year-olds can be so brave to come on the radio show and talk about their lives. And I mean, it's you, people get nervous just being in front of a mic. That's right. Yep. Yep. And hello, hello, hello. This is Shridhar joining Jawahar. And and me. Hello. Sanjali. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You conveniently oh let me God. out. Come on, Shridhar. <laughs> no, no. I, I thought I goofed up when I was looking at Jawahar's reaction, saying, "Shridhar, stop, stop." <laughs> Well, we are so Shridhar. happy to have uh, guest host Shridhar Kota with us, and he Shridhar. always makes yeah. the show very lively. So we appreciate his. And uh, Shridhar is not nervous in front of the mic. No more. He no used mo. to be. No, he. But not no more. No, mo. mo. no both of you make a, make me feel comfortable, Aww. very friendly, and without that feeling, you can't be comfortable. Naturally, right? you know. I mean, you know. Don't worry. I've got my whip right behind me over oh, here. Oh, so. He's whiplash Louis. <laughs> Jawahar, let me uh, say first of all, happy to be here. 2024. Again, we're so glad that you are here. Thank you. Thanks. First show in 2024, joining you all. Thanks Now, for uh, helping us out every time uh, one of us are tra- is happy, traveling. Happy yeah. to do that. The 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 thing that the way this year has started to watch two non-Agarians. Uh huh. Okay, talk and be active, mentally active and uh, physically active, and talk to us and engage with us. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I've I've never had that experience of meeting ninety plus folks who are so interactive and uh, uh, enjoying the process. Shoot, I'm glad that you you're not talking about me and Sanjali here. <laughs> and especially after after uh, you know we went to the hundred year uh, yeah. birthday, right? So another one of our hosts, I would say, you know, who helps us out in the studio, uh, uh, helps Jyoti out at on every yeah. classically yours with Jyoti segment of our uh, unplug session is Shridhar. I mean, is uh, Sudhir Sudhir, Sudhir yeah. Golikeri so, so. and Sudhir Golikeri's mother just turned. So uh, shout 100. out to both, right? And you know, I remember last week, I think we sang for her on the radio show, yes. Jyoti. Jawahar, mm-hmm. but we all sang for her, and she is such a wonderful lady. And oh, amazing stories! I mean, you know, the big shout out goes to also to Jawahar and Sudhir for taking care of their moms. You all know that I just came back 
from a tragic event in my life where my right, mom, your passed, mom away passed away yes. in December. So it is beautiful to see how well both of you take care of your moms. Well, thank you once Definitely again. Definitely a shout out for doing Th- that. Thank Our you once condolences, again. Uh, Sridhar. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Anshali. She lived a full life. I'm, mm. I'm happy the way she exited. I'm right. ready with the lineup if y'all are. Yes, please go ahead. All right, folks, as you know, you are listening to Indo-American News Radio, and this is our main segment of the program. In the uh, one-hour unplugged session, we had um, The Road I Have Traveled, and we spoke with uh, Jawahar's 96-year-old mom, uh, Shakuntala Malhotra, who affectionately is known universally as Mama. And uh, she talked about her life. We also heard from her... uh, uh, son Jayant and then her uh, his, uh, her sister-in-law Tara Talwar who called in from Washington D.C. Then um, Stefan uh, joined from Houston who is Jawahar's son and his other son Jeremy called from Washington D.C. So and then Mama's uh, two physicians one cardiologist is uh, Dr. Randeep Suneja and nephrologist Dr. Hemant Hampol they also called in and talked about Mama. So it's a very nice interesting you know. Uh, exchange uh, with all the different listeners uh, and they shared their experiences with Mama. And in the main segment today, today is Saturday, February 10th, 2024. You are listening to Indo-American News Radio, which is an offshoot or a production of the Indo-American News newspaper. We are on 98.7 FM and you can also listen to us on the Masala Radio app. By Monday, you can hear our recorded show on podcast, which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. We have five years of podcasts and have had over 9,000 hits. Wow. To support our show, please do select follow on our free podcast channel and you'll be notified of all the new updates. Harris is the largest county in the state and has a huge number of crime cases, though recent data suggests that it has fallen this year by 6%. As the head of the law enforcement division, District Attorney Kim Og has dealt with a huge but overburdened staff, COVID-plagued courts, and a reduced budget, but still manages to reduce the caseload. She has recently faced criticism for the way the county jail intake process has been handled. She will be joining us today at 4.20 p.m. to describe her office's response. In 2022, redistricting created the new House District 7 by dissecting two other districts, and Congresswoman Lizzie Fletcher was elected to the seat. In this year's election cycle, Parvez Agwan is challenging her for the seat. He will be joining us today at 5 p.m., to explain his platform and ideas for winning the seat with the March 5 primary looming on the horizon. The Democratic primary race for Fordman Commissioner's Court Precinct 3 is being tightly contested by five candidates, four of whom are South Asian. We are joined once again today by one of them, Ibrahim Javed, to learn how his race is going as the March 5 primary election rolls closer with early voting starting in 10 days on February 20. So he will be joining us again at 5.20 p.m. today. We had a very brief conversation with him last Saturday, but he was a bit late, so we could hardly speak with him. So I'm glad he's coming back again today. Also, please stay tuned in for News Roundup, Views, Sports, and Movie Reviews. To be featured on our show or to advertise, please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at indoamericannews at yahoo.com. 
please pick up the print edition of Indo-American News, which is available all across town at grocery stores. Also, please do visit our website, indoamerican-news.com, which gets 70,000 plus hits to track all current stories. And remember to visit our digital archives from over 16 years. Plus, our entire 43 years of hard copy archives are available in the Fondren Library at Rice University. And here's Sridhar today, filling in for Pramod with the News Roundup. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sanchali. Glad to start off with what Pramod does every time. Yes. <laughs> uh, live from Indo-American News Radio, this is Sridhar Kotha with the latest news from Houston, the United States, India, and around the world. At the top of the news this afternoon are the election results from Pakistan. Nawaz Sharif and jailed leaders Imran Khan's Pakistan Tariq e Insaf party appeared to be running neck and neck in the early results. But later, the Election Commission of Pakistan announced the results of the 265 con contested seats in parliament on its website with a victory for the PT, which has won 97 seats. Sharif's PML-N has won 73 seats, while the Pakistan People's Party of Bilawal Bhutto Zardari got just one seat. Any party needs 133 seats in parliament for a simple majority, but with only seven seats left unaccounted for, the outcome will not change. So it appears to be a hung parliament at this time. Meanwhile, India and Canada are trading accusations of interfering in each other's internal affairs. Initially, a Canadian public commission had announced that it was probing India's role of meddling in Canada's elections. A spokesman for the Indian Ministry of External Affairs rejected the allegations and asked Ottawa to address India's core concerns related to terrorism and extremism. Moving to Europe. In Ukraine, the stalemate on the battlefields continued. But President Zelensky triggered a major military shakeup by dismissing the army chief Valery Zaluzhny. According to news reports, Zelensky wants to change battlefield strategy and tactics. The military shakeup comes at a difficult time for Ukraine, with troops facing acute shortage of ammunition. In London, the Buckingham Palace had announced on Monday that King Charles was diagnosed with cancer and is getting outpatient treatment. Prince Harry paid a very short visit of 45 minutes to meet with his father and returned back to California. Prince William is taking on more royal duties from his father and also his wife Kate, who is recovering from abdominal surgery. Back home here, on Thursday, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments on the 14th Amendment disqualification, 14th Amendment disqualification sought by the state of Colorado. During more than two hours of arguments, the High Court's conservative judges asked a series of questions that suggested that they were seeking a way to side with President Trump. According to some political analysts, the Supreme Court may side with Trump on the ballot issue, but rule against total immunity in the cases related to the January 6th insurrection and election interference. In sports news, India's under-19 cricket team will face Australia in the final on Sunday in South Africa. In the semi-finals, India came from behind to de defeat South Africa, and Australia overcame a stiff challenge from Pakistan. The five-match test series between India and England will resume with the third test match on Wednesday in Rajkot. 
The series is tied right now at one match each. For the third test, KL Rahul and Ravindra Jadeja are expected to return, but star batsman Virat Kohli still out for personal reasons. Back now again in the United States at home. The Super Bowl is tomorrow afternoon. Usually Mattress Mac has a bet on the game, but this time he says the point spread is too short for him to make any money. However, Mattress Mac says he expects the Kansas City Chiefs to win against the San Francisco Niners. Finally, this afternoon, the Republicans' effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas failed in the House of Representatives on Tuesday night with a vote of 216 to 214. Congressman Al Green cast his vote in a wheelchair and wearing a hospital gown. Green was recovering from emergency surgery. That's all the news for this afternoon. More views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo-American News Talk Show. Well, that was really nice uh, delivery there, Sridhar. You, yes. you sound like... Like one of those um, commentators on uh, following the, uh, a, the, the, the the horse races, and around <laughs> the bend comes <laughs> around oh the bend God. comes Silver Lightingfoot. <laughs> do, do, do they make good money? <laughs> I'll have a, a career that's change. That's a good good anal- analogy. So good, good, good. As compared to uh, Pramod, who's more subdued and yes, has yes, more yeah. more of a Peter Jennings approach. Yeah, yeah. Next time we'll make it like an auction crier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one time, two times, three times. <laughs> going, going on. Go on. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, it comes in handy when you have a, a situation like we have right now, which is the election season. And as you know, our show, as Sinchali has pointed out, we have three different people who are all in ele- elected officials or want to be elected officials. Who will be on the show today, who will be right. featured there. Uh, so special guests. packed uh, lineup today. Yes, yes. Right. And it's, it's, it's helpful to remember that in Fort Bend County alone, there are uh, 12 different people from South Asian uh, backgrounds who are running for election. Mm-hmm. Yay, that's good. And uh, in a couple of these races, there is no other choice. <laughs> So, and we're, we're fortunate enough to have two of them coming in. We've had two or three in the past two weeks. But uh, before then, we were going to be going to uh, Kim Og, who's already called in, and she's uh, waiting for us to, 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 get, to get her on. Sanchali? Yeah, everything is agog with Super Bowl excitement. How about yep. you guys? It's All going to too. be more of a Swifty Bowl rather than a Super Bowl is what everyone is They're going to be saying. looking at Swift. <laughs> it's, it's the exactly. two best teams. I mean, What is she wearing? What is she doing? Because she's going to be there. I mean, this year, the excitement is beyond imagination. Are you going to watch it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always go to a Super Bowl party. <laughs> whether party. I watch whether I watch the Super Bowl or not, there's always a party that I go to. <laughs> so again, I'll be going to a Super Bowl party. <laughs> so wow, it'll lucky be fun. You. <laughs> How about you? I usually for me that's sacred, so I watch alone in the home without oh. any disturbance. Oh, oh my, my god. I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy the game thoroughly. You okay. have your you have your beer and your <laughs> chips and the guacamole. <laughs> Chips and guacamole, beers on the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so love watching. The no teams are phenomenal. Both I know, I know, I know. So, so who are you rooting for? Um, Kansas City. Uh-huh, because they've won the last two. I like his game. I like the way he plays and the mm-hmm. energy he brings in and the smarts. All so right, all we'll right. See. Yeah, so well, we both teams see. are uh, very, uh, very, very powerful teams. Yep. 
They're very qualified to win, and uh, I mainly look forward to the halftime show. So, who is your, who is your pick? <laughs> I don't really care. Oh, okay. <laughs> my my pick is the Kansas City. Kansas May, City, May okay. the best team win. Let both of us be successful. <laughs> yes. A little betting on the side. Oh, oh. <laughs> we have we have Kim Og listening. Out. We it don't want to, we don't want to talk out. about betting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, folk, we are in time for a commercial break, and as you all heard, Kim Og is holding on the line to be with us right after the commercial break. So please stay tuned. Uh, she will be talking to us about several issues that are going on right now as you all are you know keeping up with the news you know so um we will be right back after the commercial break so don't go away folks indo-american news radio india news u.s news world news movie reviews and local community roundup every saturday 4 to 6 p.m on masala 98.7 fm hi i'm jawahar i'm sanchali and i'm pramod indo-american news radio Good food, great ambience. Crave Cafe, new cafe in town. Bisonet and Hibisix Sugarland. Live music on every weekend. Crave Cafe has an upscale, modern, contemporary vibe to enjoy food and hookah. The biggest TV ball in Houston for live matches, movie nights and upcoming cricket walker. Book your events 346-570-4422. CraveCafeTX.com Where flavor meets elegance. This time of the year always makes me think about new beginnings. Acha, speaking of new things, I was at Tanish the other day and saw the perfect diamond necklace. Is that a hint? Mm, well, maybe. Plus, at Tanish's Festival of Diamonds, they are offering up to 20% off on diamond jewellery value and even on making charges of gold jewellery. Then <laughs> we must go to the Tanish store at Houston, 2335 Post Oak Boulevard, Houston, Texas. Terms and conditions apply. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. We are now going to be joined in by a very, very first guest and a very dear friend of mine, uh, uh, District Attorney, Harris County District Attorney, Kim Og. Sanchali, you want to introduce her? Sure. So Kim Og, Harris County District Attorney, is a native Houstonian and has been a lawyer for 35 years. During her first time, DA Og successfully advanced major drug policy reform police accountability through prosecution of police corruption and shootings, diversified the leadership of the district attorney's office, and effected protection for crime victims through legislative reform. In 2020, DA Og was re-elected to a second term by a margin of more than 120,000 votes. Under her leadership, 
the Harris County District Attorney's Office is dedicated to community safety through evidence-based prosecution and equal justice for all. Love your bio. You have, you know, made it so precise and concise and, you know, <laughs> you've covered everything. Okay, your time. <laughs> it seems long to me. I'm ready to get to the news. Well, this is short for us. You know, people send like two-page bios. <laughs> I know. And, and, and then they get offended if you don't read the whole thing. <laughs> thank you so much for so joining true. us, Kim. Yes. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that's... Uh, it's in the middle of the campaign season, and I know it's hard to take a time out to to talk to people, especially on the radio. Uh, but we promise to to be very focused on this particular issue, which uh, has become a somewhat of a of a uh, of a nuisance. Uh, it seems like the the whole issue about the jail intake process. Uh, can you brief it's, briefly yeah, tell yeah, listeners what this, this is, is all about? Really Sure. It has been seriously miscast by some writers. Our intake process is state-of-the-art and considered the gold standard by prosecutors nationally uh -huh. because we work 24-7, 365 days a year. And the job that the intake district attorneys perform is they listen to cops who have caught somebody on the side of the road. Correct. If there's a further investigation, they deal with those police officers when they bring in the information to ask for an arrest warrant. And so their job is screening and counseling with police officers to help get them the strongest case they can at the earliest stage possible. Why? Because this protects the public by getting the offender off the street immediately and it protects the offender if the police officer really didn't have a good reason to pull them over right. or to take them into custody. So it's simply the review that we provide is just that. Judges have always had the power and the responsibility of deciding formally on what we call probable cause. Was there reason to believe that a crime occurred? And in 2019, we saw the judiciary change hands. And we saw a new perspective brought in by this judiciary who uh, held us to, uh, it's the same standard, but I think they view it a little differently because their numbers for cases that were tossed out doubled. Now, the Chronicle took the position that somehow that was our office's fault because we have inexperienced or incompetent prosecutors. And it was an insulting position. I really hate that my opponent has let, let, let me jump. his workers for that. I really hate that. Could, could I jump in a minute on, on that particular issue? Sure. Because I read that same article that the Chronicle uh, had put out. Uh, it was, uh, they talked about... It's just wrong. Right. I mean, they, it, they talked it's, about it's a matter of cases being re-reviewed by judges, and, you know, judges win. So we give a preliminary review, but this doesn't mean we're sending bad cases. So it was just an unfair characterization, well, when in truth... The, the office does a really good job on that. Well, they're the big, uh, the two points that they were car uh, harping about in the, in the article was that prior to your coming into the office, there used to be prosecutors who would rotate through the intake structure, the processing thing, and they would go in and spend time, and it was on either a voluntary basis or, or they got the... The the the, the 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 they drew the the the, the overtime overtime in order to do this right. and and essentially 
the Chronicle even mentioned that a lot of people who were working there were able to make some extra money to finance the cars, the, 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 the weddings, and so on and so forth. That's the one thing that they said. And on the other hand, they, they were critical about the fact that n after you came in, they, uh, you had uh, some uh, prosecutors who were assigned to this position on a regular basis rather than an ad hoc rotatory basis. Do you care to talk about that? Yes, I do. I think almost any business owner or manager would agree that if you have the option of filling a job with 350 part-time workers who do it for extra money when they feel like it, it's not as reliable or consistent as if you have 50 full-time employees. Absolutely. So I opted to go with the more professional model of 50 full-time employees because when I was a young prosecutor working for extra money, I can tell you in one year I worked 60 intakes. They paid $100 back then, and I put together my down payment on my mortgage uh, from my home. Right. And that was, that was great for me, but let me tell you, you're not sharp after 60, 16-hour days, and we always were expected to work doubles. So I just didn't feel that that gave the police the adequate attention, the full the full attention that they needed from professionals who were engaged at eight hours at a time. Right. So what we've seen is a change in the judicial response to our to our findings, and and their response controls, but our numbers stayed the same until 2019. That's when you see a dramatic increase. Not when I came in in 2017. Things basically stayed the same. So um, to criticize our employees as inept, I will tell you that the average a, the average experience level of our intake prosecutors is 14 years. Right. So so the, why, why the the number that why, oh, go ahead. So so I I I read the whole article, which was a page and some columns long, and I was really uh, ir mildly irritated by the fact that exactly the points that you pointed you you pointed out about. Uh, having full-time employees versus part-time employees, and then the judges uh, taking the stance that these people were somehow inadequately experienced to handle these cases? It just wasn't supported by the evidence. And, and I'm not sure if it was the judges or the writers of the article that put it forth, but poorly researched because just the opposite is true. Our lawyers give an extra review, and it was always up to the judges to decide was it sufficient or not. Mm -hmm. But you don't see any change in my first two years. You see a change in the results when the new when the judiciary turned over in 2019. So I think that it's just a uh, they seem to have taken a really political view that supports my opponent, and you know that that's tough to uh, deal with people who are running the newspaper. So I, I just hope that. We can get out the word that actually our prosecutors are experienced well, and they are doing their job, and it does help people. Well, on top of the experience point, which we talked about, is the whole thing about probable cause. So the judges are the ones who actually go ahead and and uh, uh, make a determination whether there's a probable cause or not, right? They're the, the ones who make the legal determination. Correct. Today. We just make a preliminary review and. And what that does is that protects people on the roadside who maybe shouldn't have been pulled over, but it also lets the police officer come on in with confidence that at least one lawyer has reviewed their case. Now, when the judges throw our cases out, 
it's hard to know why. And we get a lot of frustrated police officers because they have to go back and tell the complainants, hey, uh, your case was thrown out. So we'd like to know the reasons why, but the judges are not required to, to recite that. And so it's frustrating for law enforcement to have to come back and refile those cases, not knowing what was missing in the judge's eye. And I think that's, that's important. These are subjective standards. We, re we respect the judge's decisions. I just thought it was a mischaracterization completely to say that we're the ones making the decision. We never have been. Well, and for our listeners, I want to point out the, the article that we're talking about is the Houston Chronicle article from earlier this week in which the headline blared out that 4,000 cases were thrown out uh, and they should never have been in the, in the system to begin with. But we're trying to figure out why they got to that point. And as you can see, it's not just a matter of... Um, <coughs> of uh, experience which uh, some people are suggesting the the prosecutors do not have but it's also a question of the judges making the determination of whether they should hold these people in or not so the judges do not That's have to right. provide any explanation of any sort right and you know for people who call in let's say a burglar breaking into a car they see it the police come out they get the testimony of the witness they have the burglar there they catch him it's very frustrating for them to contact us we say, okay, go through the facts. We say, yeah, in our opinion, as criminal lawyers who are experienced and seasoned, we believe this is enough. And then when it goes in front of a judge, it, it's reviewed uh, in writing only, and the bond is the only thing done live. And so they review the written product, and because it's thrown out without explanation, very frustrating for regular people who've called in crimes. And we just want them to know not us throwing your cases out. We think your cases stand up. And when we don't, we write a written rejection. And we do that. We file about 100,000 cases a year. And we initially screen out almost 30,000 each year. Most so of there's these... quite a bit of review that protects those accused. And this secondary review by judges, that's the final one. So, so these cases are not jury-driven? Uh, but they control. Say that again, Sinjali? They are not jury-driven, these cases? The no, no, these are not jury-driven. These are very preliminary um, okay. findings by a court. Okay. So no one stays in uh, custody at the Joint Processing Center longer than 24 hours without a, a magistrate reviewing their case that we've already reviewed, and nobody, no felon stays in longer than 48 hours. But the effect of this is that 4,500 people... Um, the judges disagreed with our preliminary review and with the law enforcement officers' preliminary review, and and they win. But it does it does frustrate the public who feels like they're out they on the streets uh, committing why. more crimes. Right. Well, there's something yeah. else there for for people who may not be familiar with the whole process. Uh, not that I am very familiar because I haven't gone through the process, but it's like triage. You know, you cl you catch somebody in the uh, a criminal or likely cr criminal. You take them down to the j county jail. They put them in a little uh, processing area with a s in a cell or something. That's right. And Quick then in and out. And then yeah. they actually bring the, the charges in front of a prosecutor who's been sitting there and mm -hmm. works eight hours a day or yep. something. And then they say, well, yes, we think there's, a, there's re reasonable co uh, uh, reason to, to, to hold them and to charge them and then pass it forward. Something like that, right, Kim? 
Yeah, we hear it on the phone, and we give them the preliminary determination to get off the street and come to the holding and processing center. And from there, judges take it. They read our written report, which is a sworn affidavit by the peace officer. So they read his report, and then they decide. And we get to hear it live, and I think that makes a difference. I think that's part of when they ended the live presentations. I think it, I think it unfortunately um, makes it harder for them to see the plight of the regular individual complaining about the crime and perhaps the work of the police officer. So when they're reading it, it's not quite as powerful as when somebody is presenting it like a prosecutor. That process changed too. And the biggest change has been these used to be televised hearings where you could hear what the prosecutor had to say. That was removed. And now all you see is the determination by the court about bail. And we'd like to see that reinstated so that police officers could see and so that regular people could see what's happening to their cases mm-hmm. when they come before these magistrates. They right. might not have any recourse, but it might give them an idea of what the judge thinks is wrong with their case. Well, so, these aren't our cases, you so, know. These are police cases correct. built from the complaints of criminal victims. <laughs> so they're, they're uh, Ms. Hogg, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in this process, but uh, forgive me if I'm asking a question that's uh, very easy. Uh, uh, it looks like there are two things that are happening here. The, uh, the televised process doesn't exist, and the judges don't explain why they do what they do. Is there any particular reason, or how? why is this process in such a, a, a difficult uh, position for the general public? I don't understand the lack of transparency. We used to see it, and... I I think that's a question for judges. I don't know the reason. We weren't given a reason. Much like the no probable cause findings, the process was changed, but without notice or without reason. And so it's very difficult for us to handle the frustrated crime victims. And that's that's probably where the greatest injustice of that story comes. It's not the it's not the folks who are being uh, let go who are suffering. It's the crime victims who. Who suffered the crime? Their yeah. crime and had them taken by the so police. So who 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 has the ability to change this process? Or, 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 or how does the legislature has legislature. the ability to change this process, and okay. I think there's going to be action by our legislature to clarify and ask the judges to at least write the reason, so that our police officers and victims aren't so frustrated. And I also think that the televised process would be a great change back it's an accountability system that we want our public to participate in and the best way to do that is to see it live while yes, it's happening absolutely yeah. absolutely and you know i uh, like uh, i was saying earlier on when i was reading the whole article in the chronicle article i kept on thinking my gosh this is a political missile being mm-hmm. launched from one side to the yeah, other correct. it doesn't make sense oh. mm-hmm it's been it's it's been very tough uh, with Chronicle. They have not treated our employees and their work with enough care in terms of getting the facts. It seems like our lawyers are always complaining, "Hey, this is only half the truth." We're you know, it's very it's very demoralizing uh, for the employees to have somebody they used to work with say they're incompetent and inexperienced when it's just not true. And so. I've been to the intake division to talk to them and try and raise their spirits and tell them they're doing a good job, but I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to tell your public, hey, our lawyers are there 
for help for the police, to provide help for the police who are providing help for the victims. And we do turn down cases, lots of them. But mm-hmm. we just have seen a change in judicial perspective, and it's meaning that about double the cases that used to be thrown out are now being thrown out. Instead of about 2,000, it's about 4,500. Uh, so what, what you know, we appreciate that chance to clarify. What qualities make for a good intake prosecutor? Well, experience, patience, and judgment. And then I think character is what all prosecutors need. So I say patience because many times the officers are in loud places. There's traffic whizzing by or there's maybe people yelling in the background. They've got somebody in custody, but they don't have the right yet to take them to the joint processing center. And Uh, so you have to have somebody who is patient and who knows the answers. Kim, and Kim, many times Kim, young, young policemen don't know the answers. Kim, lawyers Kim I'm going to put yes. you on hold while we co- go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we'll, be, we'll right. continue on with you for a little bit longer. So please hold on. Folks, this is Indo-American News Radio, and we are talking to Harris County District Attorney Kim Og about the intake process uh, situation, so don't go away. We will be back after these messages. American News Radio, India News, U.S. News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Because these are no ordinary diamonds. They are Maharaja diamonds. Each one handpicked by Aziz and Sumaya with love. 5821 Hillcroft, 713 Three reasons to get Yogi Solar. One, produce your own electricity and with battery backup, never be without power. Two, federal tax credit, 30% offer extended. Three, 25-year warranty on materials and labor. Yogi Solar also installs electrical vehicle plugs, whole house generators, and battery backups and will beat reputed competitors' quotes. For clean green energy, call CEO Himanshu Patel, 918-808-8032 or Visit yogisolar.com. Hira kya hai? Hira wo pyar hai. Jo dikhte thakta nahi. Jo har kasoti par khara utarta hai. Hira wo hai jo banta hai har chehre ki muskurahat. Jo rahe hamisha aapke saath. Aapka aur Maharaja Jewelers ka saalo saal ka rishta. Ek Hira hai. Maharaja Jewelers, 5821 Hillcroft, 713-784-5673. Maharaja, bringing diamonds to life. शादी की बारात निकलने वाली और फुल दो घंटे डांसिंग चलेगा। लेकिन ये सारे वीडियोस शूट करने के लिए मेरी फोन की बैटरी चलेगी या नहीं? 
शादी में फोन की बैटरी चले ना चले लेकिन शादी में महाराजा के हीरे हमेशा चलेंगे वो शादी ही क्या जिसमें महाराजा के हीरे ना हो सेलिब्रेट वेडिंग्स विद महाराजा फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री फोर एट जीरो सिक्स सेवन सेवन सिक्स ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड लाइफ लगता है जैसे कल ही तो हमारी शादी हुई थी फिर छोटी सी आन्या आ गई। अब देखो हमारी बेटी स्कूल जाने लगी है सोचती हो जिंदगी को कहूँ जरा धीरे चल जिंदगी धीरे चले ना चले लेकिन जिंदगी में महाराजा के हीरे बहुत चलेंगे जिंदगी और महाराजा के हीरे दोनों ही बहुत कीमती सेलिब्रेट लाइफ विथ महाराजा फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री फोर एट जीरो सिक्स सेवन सेवन सिक्स ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड Aziz Nurani of Las Bela invites everyone in love to celebrate Valentine's Day at Las Bela Wednesday February 14 7:30 to 9:30 p.m. Exclusive meet and greet with Sohail Haider and Dua Malik with chef's special buffet only 39.99 per person plus live music gifts for couples and Valentine's decor reserve your Valentine's Day dinner by calling 8329994490 Las Bela at 59 and Sugar Creek the finest ballot of Pakistan thelasbela.com Looking for fresh homemade spices? Chandrika Masala is the place. Chandrika Masala retail outlet at factory location 13220 Murphy Road. Chandrika Masala 100% homemade spices, attas and chutneys. 7137893088. chandrikamasala.com 7137893088 Hello for Ben friends. This is Ibrahim Javed. I'm 24. I graduated from UT Austin's Macomb School of Business and I'm running a startup right here in Fort Bend County. Our county is about to hit 1 million people very soon. We need new ideas, fresh minds and young blood to make Fort Bend the most innovative and most progressive county here in Texas. I, Ibrahim Javed, am ready for this challenge. Elect me as your precinct 3 commissioner and see what I can do for you, for our youth and for our future. To learn more about me, to volunteer and to support our campaign, go to javedforfb.com. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo American News. Welcome back, folks. This is Indo American News, and we're talking to Dis- Harris County District Attorney Kim Og about the jail intake processing uh, issue that's been brought out by her opponent and by the Houston Chronicle. We've just realized that uh, that uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't understand this whole thing. But and that's why we wanted her to be on the show, um, Kim. We we were we were touching on on the qualities that make up a good intake prosecutor, and you talked about all the the characters, the empathy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but but I I'm a little confused. Is is this is the processing done in the field, or do they actually bring them to the jail? Yes, and yes. The initial review. is by the cop from the field it's by us 
He calls us, and we review the case. Oh, then the phone. he takes the body of the accused to the processing center where a judge reviews his case. Oh. It's really a hearing officer or magistrate, but that's, that's how it works. And so there's two bites at the apple, which is extra protection, not less protection. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just... I do have some really good news about our intake prosecutors, and let me give you an example of our most serious crimes. Right. We were able to resolve 271 capital murder and murder cases last year Wow. for a total of almost 8,000 years in the penitentiary. 271 people, 8,000 years in the penitentiary. Oh, my God. Yes. Now, that's the, that's the most dangerous people in our system, mm-hmm. and it's the most we've been able to resolve their cases for 271 families. That's the highest number in 10 years. Wow, so that's nice. Back that's great. Three years before our administration. So if our lawyers were taking bad cases, let me say um, it's just not true. That's, you couldn't see that kind of resolution rate if we were truly taking bad cases. So I'm afraid that was a political spin, and I'm awfully glad that you let me clarify. Right. Sridhar, you had something you wanted to ask? Yes. Miss uh, Og, I have a couple of questions. One is, uh, for the judges, the way they've been dismissing these cases, is, is, the, is, there, is there any economics-related uh, reasoning behind dismissing so much the court system is overburdened? Is that one? And the second question is, how do we compare... Houston is the third largest metropolitan city in the country. Now, how do we compare with the other large urban population cities in this process? Our process is 24 hours, seven days a week. In many other counties and large urban areas, the process is delayed so the person is not taken into custody or they're thrown into jail and they might not see a a judge or a magistrate for several days. And so... We have a very comparable rate for 100,000 cases filed a year, another 30,000 or so that we don't take. Out of that 130-some thousand that we review, they're throwing out about 4,500. I would say it's comparable to other big cities on a, let's see, on a per capita basis, right, however many cases they take. It's um, about 4.5% of the total taken. Uh, but you have to look at all reviewed, and that's about 130,000. So it's a very small number, really. And I think the judges are able to clear their dockets. They don't want to send many. They don't want to send people to jail if they don't believe in the case. And so, I don't know if other factors, other than legal factors, are entering in. I know it's supposed to be a purely legal review. That's again a question for the for the judges, judges and the magistrates. Okay. So that was a very sensational headline that I read. <laughs> On, on the story from the Chronicle. Yeah. The, the headline basically uh, blasted... I think the I'll compare Fort Bend. I think we'll look at the judicial determinations in Fort Bend, and next time I'm on, we'll have a comparative for you. I know that D.A. Middleton uses a very similar process that we do, mm-hmm. but I don't believe he runs it 24-7. And, and, of course, they don't have the volume of cases that we do. Mm-hmm. But I, my um, understanding is that it's very similar. Yeah. So in just one other comment I'd like to make is based on everything you have said, uh, dismissing cases like this is actually a disservice to the constituents. In addition to everything else that you have uh, uh, mentioned earlier about the frustration for the 
attorneys and uh, all of that. But but it is a matter of probable cause. That's the key issue there. It's a, it's a subjective it's a subjective legal standard, and judges have the final say. I do think it's extremely frustrating for crime victims and for police officers who spent a lot of time sometimes right. on these Correct. cases and, and, to have them thrown out without explanation. And, I think and, that's where the the insult upon the injury comes right. to people is when we said our case is no good, why? We can't watch it on TV, so we can't see what you said. Exactly. If you don't write anything down, we don't know why. And I think that's that's a, that's a bone that the legislature may pick with so, the judiciary. Yeah. So if the transparency is there, I can agree to the dismissal. But here we don't have the transparency. And like you said, it's subjective decision Right. That's why at the very you know beginning of the show, I asked that do they have to ever provide an explanation as to why they're throwing the case That's well, a good question. Yeah. That's what we asked. They used to do it. Now they don't. They used to televise it. Now they don't. And so it, we need more transparency, not less transparency. And the Chronicle's article, we called it a hatchet piece. It's politically motivated. I wish it wasn't, but I'm so glad that I get to talk to people directly so that I can remind them, you have very dedicated public servants in all of these offices prosecuting people around the country. Nobody comes for the money Nobody comes for the, the quote, stress. Glamour. Nobody comes it's for all the stress. About serving the public <laughs> and making you safer. And nobody yeah. comes for the stress, right, Kim? That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so folks, uh, there you have it from D uh, Harris County Dis District Attorney Kim Og. We are. Um, uh, the whole point was that you know you need to read between the lines as to what's being told to you. I mean, out of the page and a half of of the story. There are only two or three points that really needed to be uh, to be brought out, and in my mind, we spent hours. We spent hours with the Chronicle. They just don't print our evidence, our data. It seems to be theme driven, based around my opponent's campaign, and that's not what a newspaper is supposed to do. So, <laughs> I'm just glad you let me clear it up. And uh, you at Masala of Radio are so good at providing information to the Southeast Asian communities in Houston and Harris County and Fort Bend. We just want you to know we appreciate you getting the word out. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to clarify that for us, for our listeners, Kim. And we hope to have you back on another time. Yeah, we really appreciate you sharing, you know, all this knowledge and wealth of information every time you come on the show. So we sincerely appreciate it. And by thank the you. way, folks, the, the primary elections are in March. So I want to make sure that you understand that Kim Og is doing a good job so you can actually go out there and and vote make sure that she stays in, in the seat that she has. Yeah. So be sure to vote for her on March the 5th. And early voting starts February 20th, so there you go. That's your date to go in and... You know. I swear, you all are the new Walter Cronkite <laughs> <laughs> of our community. That news that he's able to deliver, very, very, very relevant. Thank you all so much for Thank having you. me. Thank, Thank you. you. And you right. look great, by the way, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you guys I, every I see week. you on TV all the time, and I'm like, wow, she looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. All, all right. right. Thank you. you. Take care. Okay. You bye -bye. too. Thank you. So there you have it, talking with Kim Og. And that story was really, it was so biased. It was just, it was just not right. But you have to read it through all the way to... To understand. But I'm glad we gave her a chance to talk about it. Right. Right? It was pretty revealing for me, too, to understand what is going on. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and judges also are elected uh, representatives here, right? So Correct. having the transparency means a lot to the constituents. Right. I, I think that's a, that's a big no-no, not having the transparency. You know, although judges are elected here, like so many other people are elected here, and like every two years we have an election, there's just a certain amount of election fatigue <laughs> that mm -hmm. people go through. And they say, well, we just had an election. What is this, another election, you know? So we have to keep your, all of our listeners on their toes to understand what's going on. And that's why we have the next two mm -hmm. uh, guests who are going to be coming in here. They're, they're running for election right now. But and they're, they're local. They're not Harris County. They're Fort Bend County. And so. they're both South Asian. Right. And they both uh, are going to uh, talk about their point of view. So we look forward to having them on. But we had uh, Ibrahim uh, join us last Saturday, but it was he was running late. Okay. So by the time he came, there was only like five minutes left on the show, so we couldn't really get to talk to him much. So I'm so glad he's going to be back with us again today. And uh, folks, you're listening to No American News Radio. We have our guest host with us, Sridhar Kota. Sridhar Kota, I've been trying to squeeze him to do cer certain things for our, pa for our radio station. But he's wiggling. He out, he's uh, wiggling uh, out of uh, my uh, fingers. No, no, no. But he has helped us get uh, guests on the show. So yeah. No, no. He's wiggling out through the fingers <laughs> here. Well, you got me intertwined into it. So he really enjoys wiggling. doing yeah. the show. So that's that's. It's a good the thing. marketing part that I need your help. <laughs> you you got it. We can make that happen. Then I'll work on the content. No <laughs> one can beat Jawahar to the yeah, marketing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a stature. He's a one-man right? show with marketing. In, in Houston. People know him, and uh, he has that persona that I represent the news radio. But uh, but So we're on there. We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he we, wants to pass the baton. No, what, what I, the, the secret thing that we're talking about, folks, is that we intend to be doing a slight change to our unplugged sessions. And so we wanted to get Sridhar and another team player on as co-producers. And Sridhar is a technocrat. And so for him, doing marketing is, is anathema. That it's tough. <laughs> and so, but, but the other guy that, uh, that I've uh, teamed you up with okay. is more of a marketing guy. Then yes. we have something going. And so then we can do healthcare. You yeah, know, yeah, healthcare. yeah, yeah. Uh, healthcare. In other words, if you come to the studio, we'll take your sugar <laughs> test. Take care of your <laughs> we'll health. <take> the blood <laughs> pressure. <laughs> no, just like uh, you know, technology. Healthcare can be another. Yeah, Absolutely, yes. Topic. So another topic. Yeah, we can add to the topics. Topics, yeah. right? He meant me being a technocrat, meaning away from the business aspects of uh, running the show, right, Jawahar? Correct. Is, yeah. Okay. And Sounds just like a good plan. Because yeah. he's got the probing <laughs> mind. <laughs> Comes up with these questions that I even I had not dreamt of. Mm -hmm. I like it. I, honestly, I like it. And it means a lot. What we do here for the listeners, I think uh, hopefully we add a lot of value to them. Right. It, it, just reading around doesn't get you these things. Like today, everything that Miss Og mentioned was something brand new for me. Correct. And it affects our safety. Yeah. Well, so, uh, yes, it looks like we have our next guest calling in. So, folks, you are listening to Indo-American News Radio. And we just got off the phone with uh, District Attorney uh, Kim Og, and she was telling us about, you know, how a lot of the cases get thrown out by the judge, and oftentimes there's no transparency, and we don't really know why they're getting thrown out. So, you know, that gave us some insight into, you know, how the process works and where the changes need to be made. Um, and um, 
I have a former neighbor who's a sitting judge. I may just ask him, tap on the shoulder. And ask hey, hey, on. why do you throw out the yeah, cases? what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. And then you can come share with us as to Absolutely, what he's, yeah. uh, you know. And he's a good guy. So yeah. I've known him for well, while when our kids were little mm -hmm. from that time. So, Actually, we have Perez Agwan who's calling right now. Maybe we okay. can do the introduction for him. Yeah, you sure. Yeah, go ahead. Because okay. he's calling in all the way from Tennessee. All right. Uh, our next guest on the show is Parvez Agwan. He is running for the United States Congress in Texas' newly drawn District 7, the most diverse district in the state. If elected, he would be the first South Asian and first Asian ever to join Congress from Texas, in addition to being the first true progressive and youngest member of the Texas congressional delegation. Parvez grew up in the diverse area of Mission Bend where he was raised by loving immigrant parents, there, he witnessed the daily struggle of immigrants being forced to navigate the unforgiving systems of government. He saw how the American dream that so many people were promised had simply died. After graduating from Texas A&M and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Pervez began a career in clean energy development, overseeing some of the largest wind and solar projects in the country. This experience gave him a deep relationship with the fight for a more sustainable world and a unique perspective as to the influence of lobbyists and special interest groups on American policy making. Pervez is not taking a penny of lobbyist or special interest dollars at any point during the cycle because he believes in rejecting big money in politics and focusing solely on the people in District 7. Welcome to the show, Pervez. And we have to go to a commercial break, so we will be right back after the commercial break, and we will take up the conversation with Parvez Agwan, who's running for U.S. Congress in Texas's newly drawn District 7. Don't so go folks, away, Parvez. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. The largest holy in the U.S. Houston Holy. Saturday, March 2nd, 12 to 5. At BH Ranch, Beltway 8 and Fort Bend Tollway. Live concert by Arjun from UK. Color Rave with two sisters. DJs from Philly. Battle of the DJs. Bollywood dances. Veg street foods. Rickshaw rides. Giant bubble artists and bubble playstations. Giant slides. Dunking boots. Train rides. Free parking, free water, free cookies and free t-shirts. Tickets at HoustonHoly.com. Family and group discounts available. Holy I'm Marajuice. Feb Valentine deals. Juvederm XE lip filler, $500. Restlin Kais lip filler, $700. Lip flip with Botox, only $75. Botox, $11 per unit. Injectable bundles. Purchase two filler syringes and get 20 units of Botox. PDO Thread Brow Lift, $9.99. PDO Thread Jaw and Neck Lift, $1,800. Collagen Booster, Sculptra, three syringes for $2,100. Offer valid until February 29th. Only at Amerijuve. 713 6262 or visit amerajuve.com If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The 
only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, indoamericannews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. We are now joined by our next guest, who is none other than a, a, a very likable young man, Parvez Agwan. He's running for Harris County Commissioner Precinct 3 position. No. No. For the congressional. I'm sorry, I'm getting that mixed up. Your, your United States Congress. Seven, welcome to our show, Parvez. Thank you for calling in all the way from Tennessee. We really appreciate your time. So uh, let me start off and not, you know, hold you up for too long because you already were on hold for quite a bit. So what is the new District 7? Please tell us what is included in District 7. Hey, hey. Radio team. Hello, hey, hello. <laughs> Sorry. Love to be on the line with you again after so many months. How are y'all doing? Good. Doing Love your energy, Parvez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a rainy day here in Tennessee, but I'm flying back to Houston. So the new District 7 is the most diverse district in the state. There are more Indians, Hindu-Americans, Muslims, Pakistanis, Asians, and Arabs in this district than any other district in Texas. We have multiple Indian, Pakistani, Hindu-Indian, you know, uh, uh, Arab, uh, Asian elected officials. And if I win, I'd be the first Asian-American ever elected from Texas. So uh, what all is... In- so we got to keep getting our people organized. And it's Sugarland, Richmond, Mission Bend, A-Leaf, Sharpstown, Gulfton, and it hooks these into Montrose. Wow, that's wow. a huge area. It, it runs 30 miles east and west. So it runs all the way from Aliana in New Territory uh, and, and 99 and where West Park Tollway meets. So you take West Park Tollway 30 miles east it crosses Hillcroft, where the Mahatma Gandhi district is, and then it goes further east, and it stops at Montrose Midtown. Wow, how about that? That is an amazing redrawing of the district lines that the, the Republicans did on purpose to create, and they created this district, which is predominantly Democratic, right? That's right, predominantly Democrat, 70% Democrat, as a Republican can't win it, but it's also 80% black and brown communities. It has the largest Asian population of any district of the 38 in texas and uh most of our votes are coming out of the west side and fort bend county where i grew up right and and your your opponent of course has been in power for a couple of sessions now uh and uh, so what do you think about your chances i think we're going to win this race in 10 days i'll tell you why we're running the largest asian american voter engagement project for a primary in the country We've spent more money than her. We've raised and spent $1.6 million. Wow. Any challenger in the country. We've knocked hundreds of thousands of doors. The people are ready for politics that does not respond to Wall Street or oil. We are the true representation of this district. We're mobilizing voters, and we are going to go and win. And I'll tell you why. We're from the district. The district is new. The district believes what we want. And So what do you want, uh, Parvez? Why are you running? 
Hello, Parvez, did we lose you? Yes, sir. Oh, you're no, still there? No, no, okay, no, okay. we're going to win. Okay, why, 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 are, you, so why we, are you running yeah, now, Parvez? Even before we go there, uh, explain a little bit about yourself, Parvez, for the audience. So, uh, very grateful. You know, uh, my dad, he came to this country with $5 in his pocket from Bombay. Oh. Right, uh, dad, uh, dad's family is Gujarati, so I played a Paki Gujarati Boli. Oh, sir. You know, and uh, I think I know some of you and I get along on that. But you know, if I show. win, I'd be the only person in Congress that speaks Gujarati. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> that's that's uh, you know, great. That's dad, great. Uh, he worked, uh, he moved to Houston. Uh, you know, I was very young when I moved to Houston. Uh, I grew up in A-Leaf, Sharpstown, Gulfton, and, and, and the Mission Bend area. I went to Travis High School in Richmond, first in my family to go to college. I've been working in renewable energy the last few years. Very grateful in my life to teach economics at MIT. I also did my graduate schooling at MIT in Boston. And I think it's really important that our young Asian Americans get out and run and start representing our communities because our voice is so necessary in Congress. There's never been an Asian American, an Indian American, a Hindu American, a Muslim, or a Pakistani in Congress from Texas. We really need to start getting our own people in there because no one else understands what we need in Fort Bend County except for those that are from Fort Bend County. Well, one of the things that everyone understands is health care, especially for the elderly. What are your plans for that? We're the only campaign in this city that stands for universal health care running for Congress. Uh -huh. See, the problem is my opponent, she's living in River Oak. She takes millions of dollars from uh, Wall Street, from oil, and from health insurance companies she doesn't support universal health care. We support universal health care. If you're sick, you should get care, no questions asked. If you're sick, you should go to the doctor, and you should not be going bankrupt. You know, medical bankruptcy is the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country. I find it unacceptable that our senior citizens are paying astronomical prices for their health care. I find it unacceptable that Social Security is being cut. I find it unacceptable that health care is so expensive in this country. We have people struggling to pay for their medical bills, and I will not allow that to happen when I get to Congress. Well, you know, I, I, I was uh, pleasantly, well, I was dismayed actually the other day when I talked to a friend of mine who just retired from the federal government, and I said, hey, you're now Medicare age, and he said, well, I don't care about Medicare, but I, I have federal benefits, and these federal benefits are beautiful. Why can't we have that kind of health care program for the rest of us? Well, the health insurance companies right now are making billions of dollars. We have to realize one thing in this country. If we want real change, we cannot have Congress people who are in office for 40 years. The average age of the congressperson is 60, mid-60s right now in this country, in the state. We need term limits, right? We need to get lobbyist money out. So if you want good health plans for everybody in this country, if you want good health care access, we have to challenge the health insurance companies that have created a for-profit health care system. Right, Aetna, Cigna, United Health Group are making hundreds of billions of dollars a year. You've got a point. Yeah, and, so, and although the, the average doctor, age group uh -huh. is uh, 60, they get their federal benefits, Benefit, so they don't right. really care. So, <laughs> so. so Pervez, uh, uh, this, this has been, um, uh, so I've been in this country almost 35, 40 years, and uh, the uh, the healthcare situation is nothing new, and it's been going on and on and on. And it's only getting worse. Worse by the so day. So, from a strategic point of view, what what would be one or two things that you would go after as a uh, uh, as a, a new congressman uh, in the uh, uh, trying to pass legislation? So, even though I'm from Fort Bend County, even though my family is in Fort Bend County, even though many of us are from Sugarland, this district also represents two of the poorest zip codes in the city and the state: Gulfton and Sharpstown. Forty percent of families with children live in poverty. Many of these are 50 to 60% uninsured neighborhoods, right? People there don't have right. health insurance. We need to have federal dollars to open free health care clinics for these people. See, 
The mark of a good society is not what we do when we have everything, but how we look after our poor, our destitute, and those who don't have anything. We have to look after those and help those who are struggling to meet their basic necessities, and that's what I will do when I get to Congress. So number one, bring federal dollars for free health care clinics in my district. I would be proud of that. Number two, my opponent doesn't support universal health care. I will push it from day one. We need people who are going to push and push and push to move this country forward and not take it backwards. And, and, and how does the environment today, the way the Congress is right now, uh, do you think there's good, there'll be buy-in into that kind of strategy? Well, one thing we've lost, you know, my dad used to say to me in Hindi, Beta, thodi si himmat honi chie zindagi right? You know, we have to have strength, right? The problem with our Congress is look at it. It's, these people are dinosaurs. They've been there 40, 50 years. <laughs> they don't do anything. They take lobbyist money. The minute I get in, I'm going to organize these people to action again. The Congress is receptive. We have to get more young people elected. This, the system will not change unless we go inside and agitate and we push. You so talked you uh, me, yeah, twice about uh, you know, lobbyist money and your opponent, how much money she gets from all these different sources. So what is your take on money, on politics? We have to get it out. Number one, we need publicly funded elections. There needs to be a level playing field. It's unacceptable that I can raise $1.6 million from the community, but then my opponent can get 2 to 3 to 5 to $10 million from an outside lobby group. That's not a level playing field, and that money comes from billionaires, right? And they buy local seats. That comes through dark money. We have to overturn Citizens United. We have to get money out of politics, and we have to make it clean. We need a clean and fair election moving forward for every seat in this country. How, how are the rest of the people that you've been talking to in your district the voters, how are they reacting to this? Well, we're going to win. Uh, I'll tell you why, because we're talking about the issues that matter, right? Number one, 80% of Americans want universal health care. Mm-hmm. 80% of Americans want paid family leave. 70% of people in this district want to talk about climate change. Another 80% want gun control. And most importantly, I think it's very important, most Americans want to end government corruption. It is a corrupt system when most of our politics is pay to play. We have to elect grassroots representatives that represent the people. I'm proud to represent the people. And what are your other uh, initiatives that you propose to Pervez as a freshman congressman? Well, uh, hold oh, on. Okay. Sorry. Hold on. Before you get there, Pervez, I wanted to ask you on the same subject you just talked about. This is just the primary you're going through. But your, your, your Republican opponent at a certain point is going to drill through all this stuff, right? Yes, that's right. But see, the district is a safe Democratic seat. It's statistically impossible for any Republican to win this seat. If I win on March 5th, we are the congressman-elect. Uh-huh. I see. I see. Okay. It's a gerrymandered safe Democrat district, so this is the real election. Okay. The voters have a choice between young and progressive or the same old Washington, D.C. establishment. Okay. So will you be more accessible to people once you get elected? Because my re- personal uh, email address is on the internet. Uh, Jay Bai, you have my uh, number. I work for the people. Our office will be located in multiple locations when we win, and I work for the people. I'm proud to be working for the people, and I want to build the government of the people, by the people, for the people, not for corporations and billionaires. Okay. Well, that's a good response. Uh, Sridhar, what did you have? Yeah, my, my question was uh, the, the healthcare one is a fantastic initiative, and and we all hope uh, uh, you you succeed in that because it affects every one of us. Uh, but some of us are getting into the retirement ages. We depend on Medicare. 
Uh, so having universal coverage will affect all of us. Uh, but in addition to healthcare, what other major uh, uh, or initiatives are there in your mind to make a difference? Yeah, you touched on a couple like um, uh, money, uh, no, not money, uh, gun control, and you talked about environmental reform. So you want to touch on those? Yep. So my expertise and my career has been built in clean energy. I would be the first to push national renewable portfolio standards. Wind and solar are the cheapest forms of electricity available today. We have to pollute the earth less, not more. We can't build new, uh, new uh, uh, combined cycle fossil fuel coal or gas plants. All electricity in this country needs to come from wind and solar and battery and transmission. It's the cheapest form of electricity available today. It's a tragedy that we're not doing anything to solve climate change. The environment, we've been given one earth. It's not a radical idea to fight to build more renewable energy, and I will fight for that in Congress. Number two, we need transmission tax credits. Number three, we need to incentivize the further build-out of wind and solar and, and, and with larger subsidies. And we need government-mandated national renewable goals, right? These are things that I would be happy to push. And, you know, the oil lobby doesn't like me for it. But, you know, the Stone Age didn't end for a lack of stones, and the oil age won't end for a lack of oil. We, as young Americans, have to lead the charge in building a better future for tomorrow. I have a son at home who's one-year-old. I want to make sure that when he becomes my age, 30, that he still has a working and living, breathing planet and air. See, uh, that, that's a great point you bring up, Pervez. Uh, you know, Texas, there is no dearth for sunshine for most months in the year. Even now, if somebody comes and tries to sell solar panels for my house, it is ridiculously expensive. Uh, so those are initiatives that we would welcome if we get the price of installing solar panels lower. We don't even know why it is so expensive. The rest of the world uses it. Uh, places from Japan, India, China... Uh, less affluent countries have a lot more solar panel uh, infiltration into home uh, for home use than we do in the United States. And right? then we have a lieutenant governor who just held a session about building more gas plants. That's right. He's funded. He's completely funded by fossil fuel interests. It's, Correct. It's a, it's a really broken system. Yeah, absolutely. No, the environmental issue is a big one. It's 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 as big as the healthcare issue. Um, Pervez, thank you so much. We've enjoyed talking to you. We, we know that you're calling in all the way from Nashville and it's, cost, it's costing you an, an arm and a leg to call us, uh, but <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. Well, thank you for having me. It really means a lot to me. Hey, to all the people listening, voting starts February 20 in 10 days, the Democratic primary. We can get this done. Vote Aguan, aguanforus.com. Good luck. Absolutely. And wish you will. And wish you a good uh, trip back and looking forward to having you back uh, with us once you get elected. All the very best, hey, Pervez. Yeah, thanks. You have the best. You have the best evening, everybody. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Right. Well, then that was interesting. I, he's got so much energy, so much gumption. And by the way, by the way, uh, before we leave the show, oh, I just got a text. Got a text yeah. from Jyoti, saying that they're in Delhi. It's 4:45 a.m. in the morning, and they're listening to us because they're jet lagged. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, Jyoti. So, Jyoti, thank you. Enjoyed it. And if I you listened to the, what I just said, send us back some sort of message. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Please convey thanks to Pramod for, uh, you know, sending us the news roundup clip uh, and, uh, you know, the little information tidbits, all the world news that he shares with us. So, thanks a ton. And we are talking to several... Uh, candidates who are running for the upcoming election and we just got off the phone with Pervez Agwan and he is running for the U.S. Congress in Texas's newly drawn 
district 7 and he told us it covers 30 miles radius all the way from Gulfton and Sharpstown to Aliana and you know uh, Sugarland and so many different areas so it's it's going to be quite a, a, a interestingly contested uh, election for sure with so many South Asian candidates on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, are going to have one more candidate with us, Ibrahim Javed, and he'll be on in about uh, two or three minutes. So folks, don't go away. He's an interesting, another interesting young man, because now we have three interesting young men who are running. I'm, I'm, uh, this is impressive. <coughs> we have so many South Asian young candidates right, who want to get into uh, the local politics and uh, congressional politics. And by the way, next week, hopefully, we'll have Nasser Malik, who's been actually endorsed by the, the, by the Chronicle mm, okay. for, for a seat in, in uh, Fort Bend. And uh, so we've had, between uh, Ibrahim and Perez, we also have Thurl. So it's, it's turning out to be a really nice uh, election season here to, to talk to these young people. So, folks, don't go away. We'll be back after these messages. This is Indo-American News. Hopefully you like what you hear. Hopefully they do like what they hear. We are informative, for sure, whether they like it or not. We are giving them a lot of good information that you can't easily get. You have to browse the net for hours to get this kind of summary. See, this is what the news is all about. And thank you for saying that, uh, Sridhar. Uh, so if you want to uh, get more involved with us, you can always reach us at 281-277-6874 right now. Or you can call us at the paper, 713-789-6397. And the paper is out, by the way. It's all at all the grocery stores and several temples and restaurants around town. This is once again in the American News Radio. And we will be back, folks. Don't go away. News Radio, India News, US News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Prabhon. Indo-American News Radio. Wow, am I in a dream? This incredible showroom is filled with modern mandaps, stages, exotic florals, designer table settings. Is this real? Dream Decors, where they create extraordinary designs. Any wedding, party, or corporate events. Anywhere in the U.S. Custom props, grandeur ceiling installations, fresh floral arrangements, custom print linens, and furniture rentals. Visit their 30,000 square foot showroom in Stafford. By appointment only, 832-409-3348. DreamDecorsDesignHouse.com. If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6. 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. 
मेकिंग पाव भाजी वड़ा पाव और अंडा पाव टुनाइट वेजीज अंडा मसाला चटनी तो समझा लेकिन पाव अच्छा होना चाहिए गेट द बेस्ट पाव एंड सैंडविच ब्रेड मेड फ्रॉम स्क्रैच इन ह्यूस्टन ओनली फ्रॉम हॉट ब्रेड हॉट ब्रेड पाव मेल्ट सीनियर माउथ मुंबई की याद दिला देगा डोंट फॉर गेट फ्रेश मेड वेज एंड नॉन वेज स्नैक्स क्रोसॉन्स पफ्स मिनी पिज्जा एंड डिलिशियस पेस्ट्रीज एंड कुकीज हॉट ब्रेड ऑन हिल क्रॉफ्ट एट हार्विन सेवन Hey South Asian singles, tired of swiping left and right with no luck? Buckle up. The Elite Mingle is bringing the largest South Asian singles convention to Houston. Friday and Saturday, March 22nd, 23rd at the Hilton Americas. A unique chance to mingle with the most eligible and verified South Asian men and women. Good Bye endless scrolling and hello real connection an exciting weekend and a chance to romance that you won't find on any dating app secure your spot at the elitemingle.com crime politics finances climate change ah oh, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much and indo-american news unplugged we bring voice to your feelings call in to talk share or disagree with sanjali and jawahar and listen to jyoti playing songs based on indian classical music with pramod and sudhir so call indo-american news unplugged kick back and listen up folks it'll make you feel better every saturday listen to masala radio 3 to 6 pm Indo American News Welcome back everyone as you know you are listening to Indo American News Radio and we have another candidate who's running for office with us on the phone he joined us last saturday but we didn't really get to talk to him much so he's back today ibrahim javed he was born and raised in beaumont he graduated in 2021 with a bba in accounting and completed his masters in professional accounting in 2022 from the mccomb school of business at ut austin He has worked in politics at every level from his family's local involvement in helping elect the first black woman as mayor of his hometown of Beaumont to volunteering with Congressman Beto O'Rourke's grassroots Senate campaign for the state of Texas in 2018 to interning with the Senate minority leader in the US Senate to fundraising for Senator Bernie Sanders and now President Joe Biden in the critical 2020 election. While at UT, Abraham uh, served as president of a student-led nonprofit where he helped manage manage its operations alongside ten student leaders. He then went on to become the co-founder and chief operating officer of Charity Stack, a venture capital-backed fintech startup aiming to revolutionize the nonprofit industry from formation to fundraising and beyond. He's working on building Charity Stack to create the infrastructure for impact on the internet. and he has helped several nonprofits and he's worked with several charities in texas and uh, his experiences have taught him that government must not fall short and leave its work to the business and nonprofit sectors but instead work hand in hand to drive innovation efficiency and community with integrity welcome back to our show ibrahim thank you for having me i really appreciate it of course of course We, we didn't have you enough last time. We <laughs> two weeks, two weeks <laughs> it ago. It was too rushed last time. Was, yes. No, no, no. I'm glad we we made it happen again. Yes. Yeah, and and we were really impressed by you last time. So now we wanted Thank to you. drill in a little bit more. How's the campaign going? You will first tell oh, us sorry. tell us the position that you're running for. Oh, yes. Yes, good one. Oh, absolutely. Uh so I'll answer one. Uh, I'm running for county commissioner in precinct 3 of Fort Bend County. For those of you listening who may not know what a county commissioner does, At its core, they are responsible for taking care of our neighbors, 
and managing their money, which is the property tax dollars you pay on your home to Fort Bend County, allocating that to public goods like our court system, public safety via our law enforcement, infrastructure like our roads and our flood control uh, strategies here in Fort Bend County. So all of that comes through your county commissioner, and I'm running to be your next county commissioner in Precinct 3 as we have an election coming up in nine days where early voting starts. So I'd love to have your support. Secondly, how the campaign is going, uh, thank you for asking that. Um, we just got out of a forum and we're you know, entering a meeting greet. We just had a meeting greet this morning. Uh, we're very active today, and so it's been a great day meeting new people, uh, attending two different uh, events with communities here in the uh, Telfair area and in First Colony and uh, in Sugarland. And now we're at a restaurant here. Uh, I'm talking to you live from there uh, where we're engaging with constituents. And so every day is going to look like this for the duration of the next couple of days of this campaign and onwards if we have to keep running. And so in, in Fort Bend County, uh, we've knocked on thousands of doors. We've made thousands of phone calls, sent thousands of text messages, sent out mail to as many members of the community as we have been able to engage tens of thousands of households. And so we're very blessed to say that we're making a lot of outreach uh, to our constituents here in Fort Bend County, to a lot of people that uh, have registered to vote. We're even registering voters in our election uh, for this upcoming election. Uh, and so we've registered a lot of first-time voters here, as well as people who have not been really engaged and have been underserved in our communities uh, who understand that I'm going to work for them. And so I'm very blessed to be running, and I'm very happy with our progress, but we do have to do more. We have nine days until early voting starts, and so we're not taking any day for granted, especially on this weekend. I know Super Bowl Sunday is tomorrow, but we'll, yeah. we'll be working while avoiding annoying our neighbors. And so <laughs> coming into February 20th as strong as we can. So, Ibrahim, you're from Beaumont, and, um, you know, many uh, voters might have this question that you yeah. recently moved to this neighborhood, Precinct 3, uh -huh. and uh, Fort Bend County. So tell us what makes you so experienced about this area that you would be able to, you know, meet all their needs and demands. Oh, absolutely. That's a fair question, right? But mm -hmm. one thing you need to know is that a lot of people in Fort Bend County were not born here, let alone born in America. A lot of people were actually foreign-born constituents that have come here and well, made Fort Bend County their home. Right, so right, right. But they're not running for office. You're running for office. So, yeah. No, absolutely. But you need yeah. to have someone in office that understands the needs of people that live here, understands why they moved here, so we can maintain those things, whether it's public safety or maintaining economic development or making sure we have proper infrastructure. Uh, but it is a fair question, right? If someone has not lived in the locality as long as others, does that mean they're less qualified? I think it depends on what you value in a candidate. You want someone who's going to go to work for you every day and make sure that your interests are over other people's interests. That's what I am in this race because I'm not taking any special interest money. I'm not taking any political action committee money or money from engineering firms who bid with the county commissioner's court so that I can be an independent voice for everybody here in this community, whether or not they'll vote for me, whether or not they understand what I'm running for, uh, because I understand that that's what they need in all forms of government. And right. I want to be here. This is somewhere I moved to because this is where I want to start my family. This is where I want to promote economic so, development and bring in startups and help other entrepreneurs right. that I've come across in this campaign that just need someone to empower them, seniors so, in this community who need someone to take care of them. I'm going to jump in, Abraham, while you're talking. Sorry about yes. that. We have uh, less amount of time, so we want to get a few oh, no questions. Worries, no worries. In. Uh, that's that. okay. Uh, question is, now you're uh, uh, in, in, the, in the Democrat candidate list, there's six, five of you all, right? Yes. And four of them are South Asian it looks like. Mm -hmm. And then you're also facing up to Andy Myers, who's been yes. uh, uh, the commissioner since 1976, or he has lived in since 1976. 1997. Right. And, and so what, where, how big is this budget and what is the difference you're going to make if you're elected? Yeah, so we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars when it comes to the county budget. They just passed the county budget for this year in September last year, mm -hmm. although it's a year-long process, right, of 
proposing budgets, working with the budget office, making sure that you advocate for precinct three and you understand the needs of uh, everyone in this area. And so the county budget is over $760 million, about an 18% increase when you take out uh, the accounting measures and some of the employment liabilities and look at just raising uh, other things you're spending on. So uh, that's something that is important to know as a taxpayer that the budget has increased and you need to make sure you have an independent voice at commissioner's court that will be there to make sure our money is spent on things that actually matter to people in our community. So when I knock on people's doors, the things so, they ask me so, about are... So what one. is wrong with Andy Myers, uh, uh, this legacy that he's leaving? In, if you were to point out a few things that are not happening today and you would like to change, what would those be? Yeah, I think uh, one thing I'd like to promote is more community engagement. Uh, every time I'm in a meeting greet or uh, talking to people in the community, I like to ask them who their commissioner is before I explain what a commissioner does, and oftentimes they don't know. I think if they don't know who your commissioner is, if they don't know what the commissioner does, they can't really hold them accountable. And so what I want to do is better inform and educate our community on what my responsibilities would be as a commissioner so that they can actually better hold me accountable to spend their money wisely and to engage them to understand what their needs are in the community, to survey them, whether that's the people who text me complaining about roads in our community or people that take me aside at events to give their personal concerns about public safety. Now, that's the level of access they should have not only to candidates, but also to people in elected office, because I think right. that we have a lot of people in elected government across the country that kind of shy away from engaging their constituents because in your criticism or in, in the priority wise, what is critically missing that you will address first thing? As yeah, a, what are the main yeah, agenda, agenda uh, yeah. of your uh, campaign? Yes, yeah, so we just talked about that in the forum. So when it comes to our campaign, we want to make sure that we're broadening economic acti activity here in Fort Bend County so we can have less dependency on our residential property taxes because that's about 82.5% uh, of our county revenues coming from residential property taxes that we put on people's homes. And so we want to make sure that we're bringing in the new, the next generation of businesses here into Fort Bend County, uh, starting with entrepreneurs that are here at home, supporting our small businesses so we can have more commercial, ac commercial activity, so we can have less of a dependency on those homes when it comes to taxes so it could become a more affordable place to live in the long term because we want to make sure people can not only move here but afford to stay here whether that's our seniors or young people that are uh, starting to buy their first home or starting their families here in Fort Bend County uh, and secondly I, I want to make sure that the people here that want to chase those next big uh, ideas here in Fort Bend County are able to do so here rather than going into places like Austin or California or New York because that's what people tell them is where they have to go to make things happen. Uh, there's a lot of people here who have the resources to back the next generation of entrepreneurs who can rethink the way we do everything from how we pave our roads, the environmentally friendly infrastructure, to ensuring that people are safer in their homes. Uh, and I think that we have to start here in Fort Bend County thinking hard about what kind of economy we want to have 10, 20 years from now, uh, and so we can make sure we start working towards that. Well, you know, uh, some of the commissioners on, on, on the commissioner's court have been working in that direction. I mean, KP George has has been actually promoting a lot of the same stuff that you're talking about. So, uh, and uh, I, I think you'd, you'd find a very uh, good, you would form a very good voting block if you get elected or when you get elected. Oh, I'd love to do that, yeah. But one of the things that I think uh, I hear back from a lot of other people is that uh, although your last name is very uh, is well known because your dad's a very well known uh, figure in the community, um, is that you're awfully young. What makes you yeah. think that that that? I mean, they they ask the question. What makes him think that we will vote for him? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's a fair question. Uh, I think that uh, people are entitled to question anyone's qualifications, especially. You're you're, you're uh, 20, 24, right? Twenty five, I think. Yes, I'm twenty four years old, uh, and I think I'll share with those people a story that. 
we're here in Black History Month, uh, and we need to recognize that it was young people that led a civil rights movement that were much younger than I am today uh, that changed our society for the better and led to innovating not only in the way we look at people's freedoms and rights, but also in the way that we include people in our government. And so I think it's important to note that the history of young people in America is that they've always led the change in any movement you look at to make sure that we have a better home for all of our neighbors here, not only in Fort Bend County, but across the country. And I want to reinvigorate that here. I want to energize the young community here to step up and serve because we have been served and we've seen people in office uh, for quite some time uh, that have been working towards helping our communities. But it's time to empower the next generation because I think the art of leadership is ensuring that your leadership is no longer needed. And I think that people talk about experiences. Uh, it was actually a senior the other day who told me that I don't understand why people don't empower people like you with the opportunities to serve as opposed to asking you when you've served. And so I thought that was very profound, and I appreciated that comment. Well, it came from someone that was older, a lot older than I was. So you're, you're the second candidate that we talked to today who's, who's kind of hinted on, on uh, term limits. Is, is term yeah. limits a good idea, you think? I think so, but not too too much. Like you can't just say one term because the honest opinion I have is that you want to enable people to get things done. Number one, but number two, you don't want them to become a dependency for the county either. And well, so you know, uh, Andy Myers has been in office since 1997. Yeah, I, I just think that whether or not Andy Myers is a good commissioner, if you put that to the side and you just be objective for a moment, anybody that is in office for that long, I think has to understand it's their job for the sake of the continuity of county government to empower someone else to get into office. And I think mentoring the next generation would have been a much stronger use of time. Well, uh, so I, all, I, all, I was, all I was going to point out is that during the time in the, I mean, I've been in, in and out of Fort Bend for, since okay. 1987 also. I have yeah. yet to have seen him as often as I've seen him the last year, year and a half okay. at, at different places. So, so he's been kind of a low-lying fish in a lot of our community activities. So, so, Ibrahim, I have a couple of questions for you. Would you have any say about gu gun control or health care or any of those issues? Yes, a lot of that does happen in the state legislature and a lot of that does happen in Congress, but we can't advocate for these things. There's different ways we can help right. bring more health care providers into Fort Bend County. At the forum I was at, I just spoke about how there's not enough, for example, mental health uh, therapists in our community relative to the population and the needs. Correct, and so correct. What Commissioner's Court can do uh, while we don't pass legislation at the state level or national level to actually give better access to Medicaid, for example, in, 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 in Texas, which we could do if our state legislature and governor uh, would actually work with the federal government to bring that here. So many people who can't afford health care, which are people in Fort Bend County, uh, could have access to that. What we can do is make sure that we're helping bring in uh, not only the nonprofit organizations helping with health care in our communities, but even bringing in uh, providers that can bring low-cost health care right. here. So we can better serve our underserved areas. So right. So countywide, county yeah, Commissioner's Court has jurisdiction countywide. So that's what it, you're right. talking about. So yeah. So I'm saying, but in terms of you know passing uh, large-scale healthcare reform, uh, that'll be a lot more so difficult than just what we do at Commissioner's Court. But we should never say we can't do anything. We should try to find ways to help by right. working with the so federal government. I'm, yeah, I'm going to jump in and ask another question. We got just three more minutes. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Houston is big into the medical center and the medical industry and uh, related uh, activities, right? It, it's expanding like crazy in Harris County. Now, Fort Bend, as a uh, Precinct 3 commissioner, what kind of industries, uh, you have a lot of opportunity to welcome new businesses and build infrastructure to enable things. What kind of industries are 
now becoming strong in Fort Bend County and what would you, what would you do to uh, pull some uh, there's, there's strength? A, there's expand. A, there's a gigantic Amazon distribution center mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. on 1464, somewhere okay. around there. But in addition to that, which direction do you think Fort Bend County should go? Are you complementing what Houston does or is there more strength, competitive strength in any specific industry that you think Fort Bend should focus on? Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question. I love that question. So we have a lot of strength when it comes to things like residential construction and engineering. Uh, we do have healthcare and energy, but what you mentioned, right, that there's a lot more going on in Harris County. Uh, not that everything Harris County does will fit for us, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, but it is important to chase after more healthcare providers here because we are underserved in many areas. So we need to make sure that we have more here. Number two, when I mentioned startups, it's not just a, you know, a way of def- deflecting from the idea of bringing in other businesses it's a way of ensuring that we have things that can supplement our needs because startup founders, their job is to look at the needs of the people around them and to build something that people want. And so if you look around our community, there is many things we can do even in the realms of engineering that have not been done yet. How can we make a road 15% cheaper? How can we ensure that we're much safer from floods without when it comes to technology? For example, we just passed a bond uh, that will make it possible for us to understand flood levels without sending out a sheriff, a deputy from the sheriff's office, to endanger themselves and go check themselves. Uh, intelligent right. traffic control signaling, uh, we, we've actually worked on implementing in Fort Bend County. Okay. And so these things, uh, technology can be something that we become leaders in as an innovative hub here for software and hardware, uh, which is something I don't think is happening in Harris County at the level it could have been. Uh, I don't think it's actually having, happening in Austin at the level people say it is. Uh, but I do think in Sugarland, in Precinct 3, uh, in Fort Bend County, we can chase after that next innovation and the demographics and the demographics exist for that too in Sugarland. now there was some talk and rumors i think about a, a light rail between houston and uh, or, uh houston to fort bend county is that is that just a rumor or is there any truth to that that was on uh, the toll road around the, the toll, toll road, road yeah around the toll road yeah it's yeah, been it's been talked about for forever but uh, nothing's come out nothing's of it okay so yeah, it's like the bullet train stuff that we heard about from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know people get frustrated hearing about transportation, and I know that it becomes like a, a big promise uh, idea of, of people running for office and promising a lot of transportation. But it is important. You know, they're in the, their hearts in the right place that we do need to make it more accessible. We're almost out of time. Ibrahim, you want any parting words? Well, we don't oh, have yeah. time for parting Absolutely. words. <laughs> One I minute. I say that I'm Ibrahim Javed running for county commissioner in Precinct 3 of Fort Bend County on a platform of accountability, innovation, and service. I don't take any special interest money because your interests are my interests so that I can make a better future for everyone in our Fort Bend County and all of our neighbors across different backgrounds, ethnicities, religions, uh, and communities. And so I'm your Thanks. candidate for county commissioner, and I hope to have your support. Thank, thank you so thank much. You so much uh, we'll be right back, thank folks. Thank you so much, Ibrahim. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good luck. Thank you. जब प्यार का इजहार महाराजा के डायमंड से हुआ हो तो प्यार के चर्चे पूरे शहर में होंगे महाराजा ज्वेलर्स विशेस एवरीवन हैप्पी वैलेंटाइंस लेट लव शाइन एंड टेल हर प्लीज बी माइन 5821 हिलक्रॉफ्ट 7137845673 महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ सुबह से कितने हिंट दे रही हूँ मैं आज क्या है तुम्हें कुछ भी याद नहीं याद कैसे नहीं पहले इसको देखो वाह डायमंड नेकलेस ये हीरे नहीं मेरा प्यार है ये कहते हैं दस साल के बाद आज भी तुम्हारे इश्क का बुखार है ओह 
I love you. Diamond necklaces by Maharaja Jewelers. Five eight two one Hillcroft. Seven one three seven eight four five six seven three. Maharaja, bringing diamonds to life. वो कुछ कहती नहीं पर ये भी एक भाषा है हीरे की चमक हर नारी की अभिलाषा है हाँ तुम कीमती हो ये सुनने की आशा है तभी तो हर हीरे को महाराजा जूलर्स ने प्यार से तराशा है हम हीरों से रिश्ते बनाते हैं क्योंकि आपके रिश्ते की कीमत हम जानते हैं महाराजा डायमंड्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ हीरा क्या है हीरा वो प्यार है जो दिखते थकता नहीं जो हर कसौटी पर खरा उतरता है हीरा वो है जो बनता है हर चेहरे की मुस्कुराहट जो रहे हमेशा आपके साथ आपका और महाराजा जूलर्स का सालों साल का रिश्ता एक हीरा है महाराजा जूलर्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo American News. Welcome back, folks. We are now at the tail end of our program, and I tell you what, my head is spinning from all these political discussions that we've had, these interviews. These people talk so fast; they have so many ideas, which is great. I love it, but on the other hand, it's hard to keep up with all of them. Also, partly because you don't have the fan running. No, the fan, <laughs> and you're not talking about the fans that I have from uh, a personal nature. I'm talking about this one. This <laughs> the floor fan. Floor, yeah, the airflow. <laughs> okay, but folks, we have we to lighten up the mood now with some sports and some movies, movies. and yeah, and it was too much politics, man. Today, let's talk Super Bowl. We we just did for a few minutes. Jawar is like he's. I'm waiting supporting for supporting Kansas City, but he could care less. Well, you know, I I, <laughs> I just want a good game, Me but too. I'm not going to be watching four hours of the, no, f- the football. It's fun. What does your wife do when you do this? She watches. My kids want to talk about it as well, so they watch. Your two so, daughters? Yeah, they because they're UT. Oh. UT has a big legacy of football. Oh. They love. They learn football while being at UT. We should do a a quiz contest about football. Yes, yeah. and. Uh, It's 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 a fun game. I enjoy it. So the under nineteen World Cup is going on. You know cricket. We let's talk a little <laughs> bit about cricket. So medium pacer uh, Tom Straker, his six wicket haul was fol- followed by a gritty half century from opener Harry Dixon, and Australia pipped Pakistan by one wicket in a thrilling oh second semi final of the ICC under nineteen World Cup, and they will be facing guess who. India, yes. So and it'll be tonight. So, so you know, uh, Australia. 
India Pakistan rivalry is big in cricket but yes. Australia Pakistan also is at at the regular uh, uh, tournament level there the teams are alike the the attitude is very belligerent and both teams go at each other like there's no tomorrow it's always fun to watch Australia play Pakistan yes 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 so yeah really looking forward to that match tonight if i, I don't know if you watch shridhar no i didn't is it on tv uh, i mean i have uh, i have willow so okay. you know i watch it on willow and then of course india is also playing england in the test match series and two it's 1-1 it's uh, tied right now so uh, england won the first one and then india won the second one but it's funny none of these test matches last 5 days anymore everything you ends you lamented that last yeah week. again the second one also really? it ended in 4 days because the wickets are made like that no it's just wickets? i don't know people have more of a you know t20 one day cricket mentality so that, they don't one. last as long they don't bat as long and uh, they, i think they, the they hit the, the ball the, too hard the they, innings uh, crumples you know so really? yeah so both the matches so they lasted part only of it is the the attitude that we're going to hit the ball as hard as we can get as many runs uh, as we can yeah you know, plus the bowlers are taking the wickets of so course but a lot of it i think the batsmen don't have the patience i agree with right, you because right. i was reading an article recently <coughs> uh folks like gavaskar he's a legend right, right. you can't and he just stayed at right. the wicket he was like stuck so <laughs> the with to, super glue to the wicket up, up <laughs> no to the get rid of up to the level of sachin and all of that they it would look up to gavaskar for advice exactly no they would ask him for advice right now the apparently the current indian team they don't even look up to these guys oh really for, oh yeah that's a tragedy it is a tragedy so yeah. that kind of cricket mindset is not even being I passed mean, on these are like uh, you know the stalwarts uh, they in the history books and yeah. you don't know one can oh, ever Oscar he didn't even wear a helmet for crying out loud I know it tell me about it he he started that skull cap if you remember yeah. yes yes yeah, what a stylish batsman oh my great God. concentration and all of that yes had the opportunity of meeting him twice in person so oh, did very you? very feel very very, very charismatic fortunate. guy yes yes yes, yes 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 absolutely well it's also mardi gras season yes are you guys going to galveston for mardi gras no The uh, if at all go to yeah, nola the real one. Yeah, yeah go to nola yeah well, nolans man yeah i know but nola is further away than galveston yeah but that's galveston where it is really nice. celebrated in style but galveston is a yeah. cheap uh, imitation i would say but it's uh, you if you don't want to spend the money or driving all the way to uh. new orleans so are you going uh, i'm thinking about going to galveston yeah all that sounds weather like permitting maybe it's We're weather permitting there's always a catch how, how, how many thousand beads do you have <laughs> <laughs> and there are no balconies where you can throw these beads, beads from yeah. in galveston <laughs> man that only happens well then if you're going to go all the way to nola go down to brazil oh that is too far a stretch but it's a french uh, uh festivity french, yeah. yeah it's well, fat it, tuesday it's, it's catholic yeah it's catholic so what is so the origin of it help me understand it's this. fat tuesday something with uh, easter i don't know i'm not very Jawahar sure is looking yeah. it up yeah. yeah significance of mardi gras so yeah that is this tuesday One folks one more of the french uh, inventions mardi gras is the french term for um for fat tuesday so i think okay. it has some yeah mardi is a uh, tuesday. Uh, tuesday yeah and gras is uh, fat well it's fat or big yeah it's greasy yes <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Not really. <laughs> Greasy Tuesday. Mm. Whatever that implies, man, I don't know, but we'll take that meaning. But I, but forget Mardi Gras then. In that case, we have Holi just around the corner. Yes. 
And I think Masala Radio is doing a huge celebration. Correct, and it's going to be at the. I knew it was something to do with the uh, ranch Easter. On it's it's uh, the pre-Lent party. That's what it is. Correct. Pre-Lent Tuesday. party. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it, it, you are right. And it it was the custom of using all the fats in the home before Lent in preparation for fasting and ab- abstinence. And vegetarian. Because during Lent, yeah, Catholics give up something. They right? give up meat. They don't eat meat. They, they different people give up different stuff. Oh, some really? give up sweets. Some give up, yeah, okay. uh, carbonated drinks. So there are, uh, you know, many people have. These days, a lot of people give up voting on... <laughs> <laughs> And it's a celebration held in anticipation of spring. So, so shifting a little bit to movies, which is Sanchali's favorite subject. Yes, let's I talk did, movies. Yeah, I do want to share that I've uh, completed the six-part series on Alexander in Netflix. Wow. Very well done. Really? A of, yeah, a lot of facts in it. That you About Alexander the Great? I don't want to use the word great. <laughs> History uses it, right? Uh, he, he had his own... Uh, Problem. Yeah, uh, problems and ruthlessness. So the word great. So how accurate is it, do you think? I don't know. Because it's... They're recreating based on the ruins and everything they yeah. had and the uh, anecdotes they can get from the history books. But it just shows Persia was such a huge empire. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was they considered the Greeks as barbarians. Mm-hmm. Because Persia was supposedly a lot more elitistic, culturally advanced, mm-hmm. and uh, had finesse or whatever. And uh, being considered barbaric, and uh, Alexander was actually sort of discarded by his own dad mm. because there was a, 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 a spit pad with his general in, in a party. And the, because the father Seleucus. wanted the general to be on his side. Is that Seleucus? He, no, no, I don't think okay. so. So he sends Alexander out to exile. I thought Seleucus was his well, could be. general. Yeah. So, and then in front of Alexander. At least when they came to India, because uh, he was no, offered That is all way later. Yeah. I'm talking when Alexander is 16, 18 years old. Ah, that's when, when he when really started. He took off. So and mo- and uh, we also must remember Alexander, we're talking about 300 BC. Right. Yes, 326, 346 BC. Because when he came to India, he was offered, his, his general, I think, was offered someone's daughter in marriage. or was So it that's what he does. I can't remember. He goes yeah. through the process of... Uh, marrying into the cultures as right. he expand. Right. He goes down to Egypt, mm. and Egypt was part of the Persian Empire. So he convinces that Egyptian guy saying, the Persians don't treat you well. Why do you bow down to the uh, Persians? And without war, he just negotiates the chief of Egypt to surrender to him. Mm. And so he surrounds Darius all around, and Darius finally runs for life and his own one of his generals thinks that Darius is incapable of fighting Alexander and stabs him to death. Wow. There's and also guess some... What? Uh, guess what? Alexander then marches, takes over all of Darius's empire. Finally, the guy who kills Darius, he Alexander hangs him or gets him killed because he says that's a bad example for his forces because if somebody copies to take him out, so he wanted to teach a lesson. You don't mess with the yeah, king. Yeah, ruthless. Mm. Oh, it's, it's and uh, there's ruthless. a new controversy going on in Egypt. Some of the archaeologists or some organization was trying to, the third, the smallest uh, pyramid in Giza, they were trying to reconstruct or do some, uh, you know, um, restoration work on it. And then the archaeological society, I think, has put a stop to it because they say you cannot change, you know, what history has left 
behind. Mm. But the city so there's some Ale- controversy going on over there too. The city of Alexandria, which he started, still right. flourishes. And, uh, Correct. The, they go back to how it was. It ah. could have started the main pathways and you can see the remnants of the original design. Well, a lot wow. of the original design is underwater. Ah. Yes, that is correct. It's including the library, the, the great library of the Alexandria. The Red Sea took yeah. over, huh? Yeah, I haven't Not been the to... Was it the Red Sea or the Mediterranean? I think the Mediterranean... Probably. Probably. I think I don't the Red Sea is, uh, runs right next to Egypt. But it, it doesn't... It stops just conquering Darius. It doesn't talk about coming to India yet. Maybe that's part two. Mm. So I saw a couple of movies. Mm-hmm. I saw Kabuliwala, which is a what short... Is it? Kabuliwala. Okay. It is a short story by uh, Tagore, mm-hmm. okay. which uh, has been made into a movie over the years several times and different uh, you know so how was this one so compared this one to was very one? good mithun hmm. chakravarti plays the role of kabuliwala it was really good it's a tear jerker of course but that's the story you know mm-hmm. and uh, i heard recently that he has been he's suffering from a heart attack or stroke or something Who mithun, is? mithun chakravarti okay. yeah that hmm. happened this week he must apparently. be in his 70s now isn't yes Almost, yes yeah. yes and then i saw another new movie that just released on netflix it's called bhakshak and what that bhakshak means, someone who is eating you up. Mm. And um, it's about a shelter for young girls in this remote place in Bihar called Munawarpur, where atrocities are happening to these young girls who are orphans. And uh, there's a struggling journalist who gets to find out about it. And uh, she's trying to expose them. And the difficulties that she faces throughout the process, mm-hmm. it's based on a true, inspired oh, by a true, true events. Yes, wow. yes. And how difficult it is to fight the system and the political, you know, leaders to act. Because they're all involved, you know, and it's hard to... It doesn't flourish without their blessing. Yes, exactly, without the backing of all these local leaders who maybe, you know, also be called gundas. And, uh, you know, so it it was quite well done. Uh, Bhumi Pednikar plays the role of this young journalist, and she's a very good actress. Actress, yep. So, and the guy who plays uh, in... uh, you know, crime, uh, Daya, Daya, Darwaza Tordo, that guy plays the role of the villain. Mm. <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. And, uh, well, and and also, since we're talking about movies, we must not forget that the Indian Film Festival of Houston is going to be on at the end of the month. Oh, Correct. really? Yes. Okay. At the Asia Society one more time. February 23rd, 24th. Mm-hmm. Just, How do we get Just tickets? go to Asia Society website okay. and you can click on the Indian Film Festival. And uh, they have uh, day passes and they have season passes. And they, they've got actually a <coughs> couple of really good movies. Right. There stated. is Sumit Ghosh who is coming all the way from India. He directed this uh, documentary about Aparna Sen called Poroma. So Aparna Sen is uh, is an actress, producer, movie director from Kolkata, and she has uh, directed several excellent movies like Thirty Six Chaurangi Lane and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, what was the one about? Uh, and her daughter now acts Konkona Sen Sharma. So uh, Shumit uh, Ghosh made a documentary about her, and he's coming actually to you know promote it. And they're also going to show Kabuliwala the second day. So if you want to see it, you can go to the Asia Society. And so uh, it is on uh, Friday and Saturday. February Friday and Saturday, and February 24th, 23rd, 24th. At yes. 4 p.m. is where it says. It okay. starts, yes. And so uh, they have multiple movies. Multiple it? movies. So okay. they're all in the evening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So And then I think they have a little dinner thing at the end of it. 
on on Saturday. Right. Tickets uh, are pretty reasonable. It yes. says full day pass is 50 and then individual tickets are $20 and $10 for, each. for students and educator individual tickets. Yeah, so you get single movie passes or season tickets. Very nice. Yeah. They have a reception the first day and uh, I've been going to attending the film festival. It's organized by Sutapa uh, Ghosh and uh, she has been doing it for quite a few years. So Rice University used to have a Indian film festival long yes, time ago. Yes, I have attended. Still have it? Probably. Okay. Because I have attended those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about movies and stuff, I, at random, Netflix had a show that's the 10th most popular one in America today, and it's called Royal Pains. Okay. Has anybody seen that? No. I've heard about it. Uh, it, it is. Is it about the royal family? No, 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 no. It's life in the Hamptons for the billionaires yeah, and I've, their I've heard about it. Medical oh. and privacy issues, right? Where I they see. want concierge doctors who will not leak about what happens there, keeps it contained, and they're willing to pay an arm and a leg for all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> yes. it, it's a different life altogether. That brings me to one more thing, Jawahar, and I'll let you uh, pass on the microphone is um, there was an article that talked about a psychiatrist who charges $600 an hour in New York City mm -hmm. and he deals with only with the ultra-rich people. Yeah. And some of the anecdotes he says, they come crying about, oh, I couldn't go to Paris this weekend for a brunch. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a sob story. They pay 600 bucks for somebody to listen to. They can pay us 600 bucks. Different I'll folks, different strokes. <laughs> strokes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, folks, this is all talking about different folks. We are about to m make room for the other folks who make the next program happen. So be sure to tune in next Saturday when we have another spectacular lineup. Hopefully not all politics. Uh, but uh, we will be back next Saturday at 3 o'clock with uh, actually a new talk Segment. version. Yeah. New talk version on next Saturday. I'll be back on the 24th. The week after that. And Sridhar will yeah. be back when Pramod is not here. So you are Pramod's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, nice guy. <laughs> we are trying to bring some changes in our format. So folks, as you know, you're listening to Indo-American News. We are almost out of time. This is Sanchali signing off and hope to see you or uh, talk to you next Saturday. And last but not the least, this is Sridhar Kota signing off as well and Jawahar, the chief, is going to sign off next. And <laughs> Yes, and with that, folks, we're going to be out of here. So we'll see you next Saturday. Adios. Take so care. Kansas City. <laughs>